Welcome to the B2B Category Creators Podcast, hosted by Gil Alouche, founder and CEO of Metadata.io. This podcast is all about sharing the real and sometimes uncomfortable secrets of category creation in the B2B software space. On today's special episode, we have three of the founding members of Women in Revenue, Sherry Johnston, Lauren Goldstein, and Chrissy Saunders, along with a special guest host, Jason Whittup. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of B2B Category Creators. I'm your guest host this time, Jason Whittup. Usually, it's my CEO, Gil, that's hosting. And I'm doing it because this is a special episode that we have today that we've got some of the founding members of the Women in Revenue team with us today. We've got Sherry Johnston, Lauren Goldstein, and Chrissy Saunders. And I am just so happy to have all of you on today. Um, I'm going to have you introduce yourselves, but I'm going to say a little bit about what I know about the Women in Revenue organization, I guess, which isn't a ton, but I've known the Women in Revenue organization, I guess, since I've known Lauren for a long time. And we've talked about it in the past, but um, really an organization that's really meant to empower women leaders and up and coming leaders um, and really drive towards that more equality state for women in the workplace and other areas. I, I know I did a horrible job and you all can help correct me on that, but um, let's start with intros. So Sherry, why don't you go first, introduce yourself and we'll go around the horn and then we'll kind of come back and start talking about, you know, women in revenue, the group and, uh, and what you guys have done to really build the organization. Sounds good. Thanks for having us, Jason. Uh, I'm Sherry Johnston. I'm the founder of Women in Revenue and uh, I, my day job, I'm a partner at the consulting firm Winning by Design. So long time in the B2B SaaS world and uh, yeah, excited to talk to you guys about the organization today. Awesome. Thank you. Lauren, you want to go next? Thank you, Lauren Goldstein. And I have the pleasure of being the interim executive director for Women in Revenue. I will put a plug in. We are actively looking to hire a full-time executive director, but I am a co-founder of Women in Revenue and come from a 25-year background in the intersection of B2B, marketing, sales, and customer experience. So happy to be here. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks. And Chrissy. Hey, I'm Chrissy Saunders, and I'm the CEO of CS2 Marketing. Uh, we're marketing ops and revenue ops a technology consulting firm um, based out of the Bay Area, but supporting teams uh, across the U.S. and abroad. Um, and I'm also one of the co-founders of Women in Revenue. I'm very excited to be on to talk about us and get the word out to your listeners. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on. Um, and, you know, I've got a little bit more of a connection to, I guess, a, a couple of you. I mean, Lauren and I work together 10 plus years ago, I think, at and Babcock in, and Jenkins. In many different capacities, both as teammates and um, and in a client relationship. So yeah, yep. it's been a long time. Yep. And it's been a long time and just one of my favorite people. Um, and Chrissy just doesn't know this. I don't know Chrissy very well, but I'm a marketing ops nerd. And so I've been following Chrissy for a long time too. And Sherry, I've known you as the founder of Women in Revenue, just you know, kind of after talking to Lauren about it and stuff. So just so happy to have all of you on. We're gonna get right into it. So um, I wanna start with just for folks that might not be familiar with um, the organization. Sherry, talk to us a little bit about what is Women in Revenue? What are you guys doing? What, you know, and what are some of your, um, or just 
what is it and how did it come to be? Let's start there. Sure. So yeah, um, in about late 2017, I had come off of my last uh, fifth B2B SaaS company um, startup. And at that point was, you know, had some years under me in my career, but I've also had also had a few pivotal moments where I felt like there needed to be some more support in the tech world around women in, in embracing their uh, careers and, and empowering them. Uh, a couple of pivotal moments were just, you know, in, in coaching my staff uh, one day in, in finding a new role, she just continued to point out how many executive teams were just that she looked at for new career opportunities were just all white male men. And this happened repeatedly and repeatedly. And so that kind of sparked something. And then a few other stories of um, that, that were really a struggle to, to overcome in the tech world that um, including the speaking engagements that we see often that are also very male dominated and wanting to really make a change. And I felt like that point in my career, I was in a place to, to help make a change and, and to lead that effort. And also felt a real hole in the market for women in our position to have that network to, of support and to have that voice into the market that these things needed to change. Um, but I'll tell you, I wouldn't have, have ever taken this leap as a, if it weren't for those phone calls I made to Lauren, Chrissy, and the other eight board members who um, enthusiastically jumped in without any hesitation to support me on this journey and, and um, also felt that need. That's awesome. So how did you know Lauren? So when you made that phone call, how did you how did you know Lauren from before that phone call? Yeah, well, I will. Lauren and I work together. Similarly, I was a client of Lauren's. Um, I don't want to date myself, so I won't put the number of years, but a very long time ago. So we've known each other throughout the years. Um, and Chrissy, I, I think I was one of her very first clients of CS2 yeah. um, when I was a leader in marketing. Oh, nice. So um, okay. that them, yeah. they, we have a long history with both of them. Lauren, what was that first phone call like? So you get the phone call from Sherry, what does she say? And then what, how, how, and are you just immediately on board? How did that, how did that go? So I remember I get the phone call. It's the middle of the day. I'm in my WeWork and I go hop into a private space. And she says, I have this, this kind of wild idea. I want to pay it forward. I want to give back and really help women that are moving in their career with mentorship and, I had this idea, this was in, I think like maybe August or September. She said, I wanna do an event in the fall. And I think we could maybe get like a hundred people there. And the idea of, of paying it forward and really helping women in their careers, in sales and marketing, I loved that. But her timeline for how much need she thought there would be, I thought it was absolutely, you know, a, a big, a big audacious goal. But I said, absolutely. I didn't even have to think about it because I knew in my career, having access to that type of mentorship um, had been a struggle and, and I was absolutely at a place that I wanted to pay it forward. Nice. Chrissy, how about you? How was that phone call with you? Yeah, I think mine was in person. I think Sherry and I had both met um, discussing her next move into being on her own. And I think we just had shared some stories. Um, I think for myself, it's really challenging, I think, in some cases, as you get more into leadership and even with other women and how we support each other. And I thought there needs to be more like positive grounds, I think, you know, and, and more examples of 
rising each other up. I think sometimes because we, as women, we feel like we have adversity. We feel like we're fighting against other women for the same positions. And if anything, it does us a, um, a disfavor because we need more support. We should be supporting each other. And um, and so that that's always been a big, you know, big thing that I had seen before um, being in-house before I started CST. So I was on board with that. And, and then also being in the marketing ops space and just uh, mm-hmm. it felt very mm-hmm. male dominated yep. from a thought leadership standpoint. You think even now instantly you think of a few males and, and not a lot of women. So it was, that's always been a little bit of a, a thing that I've thought seems absurd because I know so many women in, in the marketing out space that are just intelligent, amazing. It's just, they don't get the same light. So I thought, okay, yeah. let's, let's have something where we can celebrate all women and, and help them rise and, and also give them the confidence to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I can kind of, I can relate to you on the marketing ops because that's kind of how I grew up in marketing is through ops. So I started in analytics and then kind of went into operations. And that was, it's always, at least for most of that part of my career, it was very heavily male dominated. And I used to, I used to give the excuse, you know, when I was became a hiring manager of like, well, I don't just, I don't have enough, there's not enough women that are applying to my role. And I learned very quickly that like, that's just as much my problem <laughs> as it is like anybody else's problem. And I didn't, but I didn't know that, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know, in fact, even until somebody pointed out that a couple of things I learned. One was, um, and I'm curious if you, if you've, I'm sure you've heard this, the way you write, obviously the way you write the job description has a big impact on whether a woman will apply for that role. But then an interesting stat I heard, and I'm curious if, if either any of you have heard this too, is that let's say take a given job description. If a man reads it, if he thinks he like can do 30% of it, or I mean, then he's like, yes, I'm in, I'll apply, I'm good, I'm the best fit for this. And a woman reads it, and unless she fits like 90% of it, she doesn't feel the same way. Have you guys heard that stat? Is that an actual stat, or did I just make that up somewhere? No, that, that's an actual stat for sure, yes. I, I don't have the actual percentage off the top of my head, but I believe it might even be in our survey somewhere. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. That was so interesting <laughs> Yeah, and I can me. say yeah. from, from experience, it like even in hiring examples, I think a man will always be more confident in their skills that that like a woman sometimes you feel, you feel like we need to earn that credibility and that can then impact like how how you come off in an interview so um, that's a, a lot of like the huddles and mentorship that we want to do is like how can we support women and be more confident in in the interview process because that does come out, but also educate hiring managers to dig deeper, ask more like tangible, you know, exact questions. Don't just, uh, you know, ask very high level things because that can be better suited to someone who's more confident. Nice. That makes sense. Well, I'm going to take a pause here. I'm going to cheers to women in revenue. (laughs) So if y'all have your drink, well, cheers. Yes. Awesome. Um, We'll go. What is what is everyone drinking real quick? Um, Lauren, what do you what have you got there? Well, um, I've got a little rosé. I think it's kind of a rosé day outside here in Portland, Oregon. Nice. Sherry, what are you drinking? 
I have Sancerre. I wish it was a Sancerre type of day up here in San Francisco, but uh, we've got the the June or July gloom going on. <laughs> nice, nice. Chrissy, what do you got? I have some like some soda water, but I added a little bit of mezcal that you guys sent oh, me from nice, the freezer. Nice. Awesome. So I get awesome. not too much though because I got to get back to work and then also pick up my daughter. So it's a flash. <laughs> well, and this one is a little bit of an interesting one. We usually record a little bit later and East Coast time. And so I got to sneak, snuck it in at two o'clock on a month. We're usually on a Friday afternoon. This is a Monday afternoon. So I really appreciate it. I've got a little scratch margarita I made for myself. So uh with tequila that Gil actually sent me he sends me alcohol every once in a while just like unprompted I'm like what are you trying to say (laughs) (laughs) you know Jason whether it's two on a Monday or 7 a.m on a Thursday you know if we're asked to show up we will be there with bells on nice I love it um cool so now I want to talk a little bit about some of the tactical stuff so like what are some of the things that the women in revenue organization does to help women. So like, let's talk about some of the, like the tangible tactical things. Um, Chrissy, you wanna go? Sure. Yeah, I would say like we have, I mean, it's it's ever evolving. It's actually something that we're, we're focusing, but we have a lot of different programs at, at Women in Revenue. Um, and, but I think the big focus is around kind of like the networking side, which is what a lot of our events are about in the education. Um, and we have a blog and a newsletter. So education is really big for us. Um, we even do a, a yearly report um, based on a survey that we do to our members. And um, so that gives a lot of insight into what are the themes that we should address with our audience. Mm. And then um, the rest of of the ladies can support this, but we have, I think the other pieces are around like mentorship. We have a mentorship program um, that's ever evolving and getting better that has like huddles, one-to-one mentorship. And then we have some other programs like a speakers bureau where we, uh, you know, train and um, basically, you know, can offer up like these different women as speakers to organizations who are looking to add more women to panels or events speaking opportunities so we have less mantles as we call them um but yeah those, those are the nice, top ones nice. I think that I uh, uh that from from the beginning have really evolved and been there and events be the huge one that has changed since the COVID and have gone digital which has expanded and our network amazingly like our membership base has just blown up since that has happened and instead of a Bay Area based organization um, or across the US and we even have uh, people globally who are interested in women in revenue. Nice and I'll you know we're we just started to work with um, with the organization actually just about a month ago I think right Lauren has it been about a month yeah um, and we're super excited to be partnering with you and working with you I think from our standpoint we were really looking at two challenges, I guess, or two things we wanted to help, we wanted help solving. One is hiring. So one was hiring and figuring out what we can do better, different to make sure to ensure we have a more diverse team. Now we're very, we're very diverse from a gender perspective in pretty much all areas except sales and marketing right now. And so that's where we're just, I mean, in marketing, it's not very fair. It's me and one other person so far. So I won't quite take a hit on that one yet, but um, but sales, you know, we're getting up there right now and, and um, we want to figure out what are some good ways of 
being an attractive place, you know what I mean, first of all, for women in sales, um, but also then for the women we have in the organization, opportunities to help grow and mentorship and those kinds of things, which we don't have internally. We're so small right now, we don't have HR or you know the things like that to provide some of those opportunities. And so we need to basically be able to provide it from with outside help. And so that's really kind of what we're what we're partnering with with you folks to do. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I think we're going to meet here pretty soon to talk about getting a session together for all the women in the company and just kind of getting them some understanding of how they can participate. We have our one woman in our sales team that's, I think, did she join yet, Lauren? Did she Did she get on board? She did yet? join. I was going to mention that as Chrissy was talking about some of the great benefits of women in revenue. First and foremost, I want to say thank you, Jason, to you and to metadata.io who are sponsors of Women in Revenue. It's definitely what fuels us and allows us to have things like a mentorship platform and it allows us to do some of our programming. But one of the other, I'll say value adds um, besides the mentorship and the events and the content is we have a very active Slack channel. And mm -hmm. in that Slack channel, there is so much conversation going on, everything from um, job opportunities and our job opportunities channel is probably the most active people seeking people posting and it's a great way to really tap into all the companies that are listening to this or all the people it's a great way to tap in to an amazing network that's 5,000 women strong um, a great talent so so yes that's something that's very much a value add but to your point you know, sometimes people are interested in more formal mentoring, which we do offer. Sometimes they're interested in more, in more small groups, which we offer. But the benefit also of the Slack channel is that I might be in my first head of marketing role and really wanting to see what a great marketing plan looks like. I might post that out in the channel and I will get dozens of responses back. The, the community is so generous with thoughts and ideas. Mm. And I don't know that Chrissy or Sherry or I have ever really experienced something like that um, in our careers. And so we love that some of that organic um, sharing is happening in Slack. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about some of the challenges you guys have had. So I'm sure it hasn't all been rainbows and unicorns. I don't know what do people say. <laughs> um, so Sherry, maybe talk about like what, what early on. So not super unlike starting a company. I mean, you need people to join, you need them to give their time, you know, and you need supporters and, you know, and all that stuff. And so maybe what, what were some of those early challenges that you had really getting the organization started? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think, you know, there's, 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 um, one, I guess two challenges I'll share. One, one is kind of what you're mentioning, kind of more operations challenges. And until this year, we have been an all volunteer organization and had our, our first hire, you know, not too long ago, that's part-time program manager. We're definitely hoping to, to, you know, grow beyond that. And um, we're lucky enough to have the community flourish to now 5,000 members. And, um, and generous sponsors like yourself to help continue to grow to where we can uh, alleviate ourselves from being all volunteer. Um, so yeah, I think at first it was kind of, you know, a lot of wrangling the troops to get started and just who's doing what and, and, and getting people engaged. I'll have to say in the last year and a half, 
we have a pool of committee volunteers, board volunteers that's quite robust. I believe it's up to 30, 35, Chrissy may know better, um, where you know we have all these women volunteering their time because they're so passionate about this organization. Um, but we, even with all that love, as you can imagine, an all-volunteer organization has its challenges. So we're definitely operationally looking forward to um, having some paid staff to really have every, someone waking up every day, this being their mission um, for women in revenue. I would say the other challenge is, is um, you know, you mentioned early, earlier that you're always learning. And I think, you know, we as an organization are always learning. And I talked about the way that I originally brought the board on, which was, fairly organically around women in my network who I thought would be passionate about this cause um, and not being super thoughtful beyond the fact that they were women uh, around um, you know, who I invited. And, and uh, while they're all incredible women, it wasn't particularly diverse. So like my example of, of looking at the executive team and seeing all white male men, we had uh, originally an all white, uh, primarily white a female board. And, um, you know, I think that the, the implications of that were when we run our annual annual survey, a lot of our audience was not as diverse as we would like it to be. And I think it, yeah. it's going back to that original um, way of, you know, if you want to attract more female talent, show show on your homepage, show with your executive board that you are, you support diversity and that you're, um, you know, in, in real ways that are tangible. And so, so we're making those corrections as well to get more geographic diversity, ethnic diversity, age diversity in our board. So we have, and can represent women of all different stages and ethnicities. Nice. <clears throat> that makes sense. Um, Let's talk about successes because I'm sure there have been so many. I'm curious though about like, has there been any interesting stories that you didn't anticipate? You know, there was like, well, you know, yes, all these things we would assume happen, but there's like this one story or this one where it's like, this just kind of knocked your socks off or you're just thinking like, this is just so great. I'm so glad that we've done this because we've, you know, we've, we've helped these people. Any, any interesting stories like that come out of the work that you guys are doing? I'll start with just a milestone. I think that there's dozens, Jason. So if we can, I'd love to have us all go around the horn and share one or two, but we hit a milestone this week of 5,000 members. Wow. And when you think that we're not even three years old, that is substantial. 5,000 members. Actually, I think we're probably up to like 5,100, you know, by, by now, this was last week that we hit this and nice. Um, it goes to show how much need there is for the support and visibility and empowerment and mentoring and networking that we're providing. So I think that that alone has been um, a real highlight. But again, I think there's dozens of stories. So I'd love to pass the pass the mic to, to Chrissy or Sherry to continue. Sure, I'm, I'm happy to share. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just share mine quickly. I, the one that just sticks out to me when you you ask the question is um, you know, our very first event. We uh, were, were lucky enough to to have some amazing speakers there, and um, Megan Eisenberg and and uh, folks talking about how to how to progress in your career and even get board positions. It was a sold out event, so I think we we're all just thrilled to have that. But but the real story that warmed my heart was. Um, I was reached out to shortly after that to where one of the fairly 
uh, junior right out of her career members that showed up at the event uh, um, was was placed at a job um, at one of the speakers careers shortly nice. after the event happened by that connection. Cool. And so those are the stories that warm my heart and like right out of the yep. bat, we're able to really see that that networking happen and those success stories start to uh, flourish. That's awesome. Chrissy, any anyone stick out in your mind? Yeah, I think uh, there's like so many, but I, and I'm glad Lord mentioned the Slack community because that is, I think, a you know big value add. I started the Slack community when I was on maternity leave, so that's very, <laughs> very women in revenue <laughs> supportive. That you know during that yeah. big transition, and it was great to see it evolve naturally. I think the job opportunities and the job like placements, I think to echo Sherry, you know, even a few weeks ago, someone mentioned that how happy they were getting just connected to someone for an opportunity that they wouldn't normally have applied for, but had seen it in Women in Revenue was more open to applying um, and then got the job and both of them were very happy. And I think you continue to see some um, examples of that. I've had people personally message me and tell me how much the community has meant to them. And even some now board member, but who was previously a member, I've, I've had say like, it's just been a, amazing for her career. Like just the connections that she has made and the people that are like singing her praises just from working with her just across the community has then helped her find more opportunities. So the, the networking aspect and how supportive everyone is and sharing their ideas um, and just seeing that and like getting those messages, I think personally is what drives, drives me, um, especially with a busy schedule to like continue moving forward, continuing to push this organization forward because that's all you know that that's it that's what I want to see women supporting women and and seeing value from that nice that's awesome um I'll prep you guys because later on I'm going to ask a question about um oh no I forgot, I forgot what I was going to ask oh yeah one tip so I won't ask it now but start thinking about it. one tip that you have for the people listening to make your workplace a more woman or diversity friendly place of work I guess I, I I'm just coming up with some of <laughs> my words aren't coming to me too eloquently, but think about that. I'll ask that later. Um, I'm curious, as a man, how can men best support the women in revenue community or just even outside of women in revenue community, how can men in the workplace best support their women colleagues? I can probably start with this one because I think I alluded to this at the beginning, but um, before in our prep call, but I, I think there there's a few different things I think men can do. I think one is just being an ally to women, just like really, I think supporting them, and I I think people don't realize how how much like as a as a man that you can really make an impact by just being that support system for the person maybe even being a voice because I think a lot of times everyone's been in certain situations where as a woman you feel like your voice gets lost or 
you are maybe mansplained a little bit, you know, like from someone and to someone to actually yeah. see something like that happening and saying, oh, I'm, you know, really giving the credit to someone even to for an idea or something like that. So I think realizing that it's not just table stakes. It isn't like, even if you're in the same role, a woman needs support and needs an ally. Um, and so men to actually take an active role to think about how to do that, I think is definitely the first step um, for someone above you, below you, or, you know, in the same role, it can make a huge difference. And do men participate? with women in revenue specifically at all? Like how do, how do, how do they, yeah. How do they participate if they do? Sure, I'm, I'm happy to go in. So I, um, you know, it's, it's something, honestly, we've been a little challenged with. There's, there's, we, we definitely um, are embrace our male counterparts. There's been incredible advocates in the community for women in revenue. Um, Dave Bergotti is one that, that comes to mind and Nate Skinner. There's, there's been some of our, our main sponsors were initiated by, by uh, our male friends. So definitely support them. We do are, are still looking for ways. We definitely support our male counterparts of um, helping be mentors to up and coming and existing women leaders. And that's um, right now the kind of the best way to be to be engaged. Um, there, we do have usually at our what was once physical events and now digital events, a small contingent of males who come to here and are super supportive of our content as well. So several ways to be involved, but um, we're yeah. looking at ways to make that even greater. Cool. Leave it to me to just turn it around. How can men get involved with? <laughs> Sorry, I just thought about that. I was like, oh, great. I'm carrying this conversation on. No, How can men get involved? It's a good question. And it's one that's come up quite a bit. And I think, you know, when you ask some of the growing pains, it's something, you know, in full transparency, we're trying to find balance for because I think all of us have had, you know, phenomenal male mentors and business partners in our lives. Listen, you were one of my best partners in crime and so supportive. Um, so we've all had that and it's finding that right balance of making sure that um, we tap into all of the greatness that comes with it, but still make sure that there's a safe space that women feel like they can have a really authentic conversation, um, maybe more so than they would um, in different companies. So it's it's something that we're continuing to um, really work through and, and always welcome suggestions and ideas and thoughts. Awesome, awesome. Um, so, What's next? So what are some of your loftier, you know, kind of longer term goals for the organization? Uh, I don't know where to start. Let's see. Uh, Sherry, why don't you start? <laughs> um, yes, we, we have very lofty goals. And um, yeah, I think, you know, we, we're super proud of the, the community that's been built so far. And, you know, I think the next phase of the organization we're, we're looking to achieve 100% workplace equity for women in, in revenue. Um, and that's gonna come in the ways of extending programming into how companies can support women. So right now we have a very strong network, but arguably could be a bit of an echo chamber of how do we really ingest change if we're talking within the community. So um, those programmings may be things like ERG groups. You, you mentioned the need for that at your organization of, hey, how can we help have a women's voice within your organization and have content and support systems 
uh, within organizations and help help support that infrastructure. So that's kind of one of the, the main goals we have for uh, for phase two. Awesome. Um, okay, so let's leave everybody with some advice maybe. Um, so I'd like to go around the horn. Where did that come from either? I, I feel old using some of these things. We'll go around the Zoom call. <laughs> um, but maybe one tip for women or men, just anything. One tip for workplaces, like what can workplaces do to make, how am I gonna say it? To make themselves more attractive, better suited, just a better, better place for women. I guess. Chrissy, you want to start? Sure. Yeah. And I, I think there's like two things. Cause I, I think a lot of companies are looking to try and attract more women. And one of the ways that they're trying to do that is to try and pretend to be like something they're not and post images of like a diverse <laughs> workplace and say that they're mm -hmm. supportive. And I think it's first, like if you have a problem to being upfront and saying that you're taking the steps to make a difference and then working on trying to figure out resources for them, knowing that there might be a period of time where they're working on making change in the organization. Like you said, maybe having one woman salesperson, but you're partnering with women revenue and trying to think of like, how can we bring in support and mentorship to guide them? So I think that is like number one, uh, something that they could do. And then the other thing would be to just do an internal worker assessment to see um, how can they provide, like how can they maybe place more women in leadership roles as well as their board? Because like Sherry said, I think when a lot of people are looking for job opportunities, they maybe go to that company check out their team page for leadership and board members, which could be even a board member could be a place to start. Um, but if you see all men, you sometimes get the feeling that there might be a certain, um, you know, feelings against women in leadership, which isn't great. So um, I think it's yeah. first addressing like whether there is a problem and I'm not trying to hide it, but just, you know, work on it. And, and then also figure out external um, opportunities you can provide, which is why Women in Revenue is great. Since we have mentorship programs, that could be somewhere where you point your employees to um, if you don't have something internally. Awesome. All right, Lauren, what's your what's your tip? Well, I definitely agree with Chrissy that just starting to socialize the conversation and be really mindful, that's definitely would be my number one. But Women in Revenue every year publishes a report um, surveying hundreds of women saying, what's important to you? So I would offer up a copy of that report. It's free on womeninrevenue.org. And you can actually see what women in sales, marketing and customer success want. Um, you know, just a little teaser nice. for it. They are looking um, for great benefits. They're working for, they're looking for work-life balance. They're looking for mentorship and education opportunities. So really make sure that those things that are really important to them are being integrated into job descriptions and into the conversations. Sherry, I'll awesome. let you take it away from here. Yeah, Sherry. Yeah, my tip is is pretty tactical, just as something that I think people can do on a weekly basis. I actually won't take credit. I believe it was Dave Rigotti that a few months ago tweeted this as a challenge to all males. And I thought it was really good of, 
of just what, you know, no matter whether it's an internal meeting or you're an event organizer and you, you're planning the, the content lineup, look at your, you know, force yourself to make a diverse lineup. Don't accept a panel if there's not 50% men, 50% women, or, or make something that you feel comfortable with in terms of diversity. If you're in planning an internal SKO, let's have diverse people speaking at who, what, what is the next mission of our company and really having representation, um, an easy change to make um, and, and something you can do really regularly that will make a difference. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I, I know like from my perspective, it feels like, you know, it really does need to be, it has to, you've, you've got to actively think about it or else it, it won't necessarily, it won't just happen. And that's, I think my experience too, is like, we're planning a big event now too for the fall and the speaker lineup, you know, as we're thinking about the speaker lineup, it's one of the first, it's like literally the first thing. It's like, you know, who are the men we want to invite, who are the women we want to invite. Chrissy, by the way, I think you're going to get an invite. I was going to say, women in revenue should definitely be on your list. Chrissy, you're on the list. Yeah, you're on the list um, of people uh, that, you know, that, that uh, people brainstormed on. But, um, and so it's, and it's, and I think it's okay to talk about it too. Like, I think there's sometimes when people just don't, they want to, they want to think that, it's happening. You know what I mean? There's just, of course, somebody's thinking about it. You know what I mean? And so, but then I think if everyone's like, well, yes, somebody's thinking about it, then it doesn't get addressed. And so that's where, you know, I try and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I think more modern people are just, they're, they're just having it come out up front. It's not, it's okay to talk about it. You know, it's like, it's okay that we're actively saying we want to have an equal number. You know, it's not, it doesn't just have to be like, it's not solved yet. So we don't just have to pretend like it's solved and like, oh, we don't have to talk about it, it's just going to happen. So yes, if I have a tip, that would be my tip is be, be proactive about it, you know, uh, which is just drafting off a lot of what you all said. Ah, I have one last one. You guys, I've used that term at least five times probably on this call. Am I wrong? And it's okay if I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Should I come up with it? I use y'all a lot too, but it, I'm not from the South, so it doesn't come out as naturally. Should I stop using you guys? I personally have stopped. I don't, I don't know if anyone- Chrissy, I've you tried said you stopped? To, You're done? I, I've tried to stop. Yeah, I think yep. as, a, yep. as a team at CST, I said, let's just push ourselves to stop saying guys um, yep. and just say, you know, you all or, or something like that. But I, I think that it, it's the smallest of the, of the problems we have to target, I think. <laughs> That's but. a good way to put it. Yeah, it's still a problem, <laughs> but one of the smaller ones. I like it. Lauren, what's your take on it? I was going to say, as a boy mom, it comes out of my mouth a lot, too. <laughs> Maybe something I need to be more mindful of. Sherry? Ditto. Two boys. I, I have a hard time stopping, and uh, I, I agree on, I think there's bigger fish to fry, but if, if it does offend people, I 100% uh, uh, don't judge them if, if they they want that to evolve. It's understandable. I agree too. And feel free to tell me, anyone who listens to me, if I say it too much, just feel free to tell me to stop. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank y'all so much for being on this with me. I really appreciate yes. it. Uh, this is another really great episode. Cheers to y'all and uh, many more to come. Thanks for having us, Jason. And we appreciate the support of you and your organization. Absolutely. Take Thanks, care. Jason. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks again for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed today's discussion and will tune in again. Find all of the B2B Category Creators episodes at metadata.io. And if you have any feedback, topics, or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. 